From jet engines to space rockets, telephones to computers, the world has seen spectacular change in the last hundred years, and the pace of progress is getting faster and faster. From electric cars to the metaverse, drone deliveries to climate solutions and genetic sequencing, we're investing in the companies that are not just changing the world today, but are also shaping the future. The Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust, managed by Bailey Gifford. Invest in progress. Capital at risk. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Advice Show. I'm Chloe, a reporter and new model advisor and today I am joined by Rob Didominicus, CEO of platform technology provider GBSC, um, to talk about, well, um, platform technology. Um, so we're going to talk about what exactly is happening in, in platform tech and more importantly why it matters to advisors. Um, so Rob, you're joining us all the way from Australia. Um, it's the evening there, I believe. Um, so how, how are you doing? What, what time is it there? Oh, it's um, 7.30 p.m. roughly. Um, in It's what, Monday night, so it's uh, a bit cloudy outside, but it's about 26. It's That's real nice. cool for this time of year, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's nice and warm. It's summer, so. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And so you're taking some time for evening, from your evening to talk to us, so that's really appreciated. You're welcome. You. <laughs> um, so, Rob, before we get started, um, can you give us kind of a quick rundown of what GBSD does and, and your role within that, that yep. company? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, essentially, GBST provides financial services technology to different firms, whether it be platform operators, pension administrators, insurers, fund managers. We cover a fairly broad range of our core products, but we have over 100 clients using our tools. Uh, these are tools that uh, actually a lot of advice firms use uh, here in Australia. And uh, we're also now working on market entry into the UK where advice firms can put various tools or calculators on their websites to help their clients do what-if scenarios or look at what their savings needs are, mortgage comparison tools and so on. Um, but the core, our core revenue comes from our platform technology, our, our back office software and front end software, which basically helps platform uh, managers, pension administrators, fund managers, um, managed investments really on behalf of investors, uh, whether they be advisor through an employer channel or direct, we can handle all those different types of channels. And so what do you see as sort of the biggest platform technology trends happening at, at the moment? Look, it, one of the biggest trends, I think, is that all platform technology users, our clients, are all very focused on having robust services, cybersecurity is at the top of their issues and making sure that it's very well guarded, so to speak, the platform from intrusions and from other kind of ransomware attacks, et cetera. That's, I constantly get discussion points around that. Stability is extremely important making sure that the service continues to run as they would expect and that if there are any planned upgrades that they have a very detailed understanding of what those changes mean and in particular what it means for the end clients because it's all about managing the communication and expectations with those changes. So that's a big, big issue. Um, ensuring that regulatory change is dealt with on a timely manner and without too much in interference or interruption to the back-end client, but also having the long-term roadmap of what's coming uh, is an important feature. And having the, the technology being kept up to date with trends and changes 
because it changes so quickly now in terms of what the technology uh, is, what technology we use and what our clients want to use. It's having that clarity of what's coming through. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And Sue just mentioned um, regulatory change. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit more about that and what it has meant from, from your perspective as a, a platform tech provider? Yeah, look, from our perspective, we work with our clients to ensure that regulatory changes are delivered to them in a timely manner and that they're able to implement those changes efficiently. Um, there's a lot of planning that goes into a change that involves regulatory change because it's obviously very important. I mean, you don't want to be caught out without having systems that conform to the regu regulatory environment. So we, we're constantly working with clients and planning for those changes and making those changes available to them in time so they can carry out all their testing and all their other interfaces that come together, all the components that work together as one uh, so that ultimately the, the systems conform. So it's a, mm -hmm. a huge focus and it's very expensive. I mean, almost all our clients spend a very significant part of their time keeping up with regulatory change and mm -hmm. you know, they want on top of that also deliver innovation. So trying to do both is challenging because they can't one really, you know, regulatory change has to take priority and it can interfere with everything else that you want to do for your clients. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the pressure of regulatory change has led to a reduction in, in innovation or has it just been a little bit difficult to juggle? Look, if we didn't have regulatory change, if it was state still, we could do a lot more. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And our clients would as well. They'd happily invest in more innovation, but they have to juggle. You know, it's a balancing act. Yeah. They have to make sure that there's enough time and effort allocated to regulatory change and then look at what else can we do beyond that. And the truth is everyone has a capacity constraint. You can't, it's just not feasible to imagine, uh, you know, a situation where you can do everything unlimited anytime. Everyone has a capacity constraint, but, mm -hmm. but they must meet regulatory change. So it's extremely important. And that's extremely important for financial advisors and their, you know, their clients. So from that perspective, that takes precedence, I think, in most cases, as well as then trying to improve their business to be more efficient, to release new features, that is also important, but it does constrain, most definitely, in my opinion. My opinion, I think it constrains yeah. our clients. Mm. Okay. And in terms of this innovation that, that we're talking about, what are some of examples of that? The last two years, three years, you know, COVID really has brought to everyone a change in thinking in terms of what does the industry need. And more and more digital engagement has certainly become a hot topic uh, in terms mm -hmm. of how they can deliver that. And to be able to do that, I mean, platforms per se play an important role in being able to deliver information through a digital, some sort of digital front end capability, whether that be an app or whether it just being able to make information available to the consumer and to the advisor in different ways. So communication and engagement has become more and more important. I see a lot of time being spent on looking at ways to improve the engagement and also try to predict the engagement. You know, and this is where AI comes in. Like, how can you predict when potentially an investor is thinking of an investment change? When can you predict that they're looking at potentially a new product? For example, when they move into a drawdown phase, when they move out of an accumulation phase into a drawdown for a pension, 
they're really important uh, points in time that need an advisor and need special support, I think, or could could, could help them to engage better with, with their clients around that time. So, and all that can be delivered for better digital engagement. But that's, that's something that everyone, I think, is working on and looking at new ways to improve the experience. And then there's all the other things, you know, using better investment options, how can they deliver a better product that's more succinct or more personalised to an individual. That's really important as well. Mm-hmm. And something else that comes up, I think, talking about platform technology and innovation is the microservices and rise of, of, of microservices. And I believe that um, GBSC is is involved in that. Can you talk a bit more about what exactly that means and, and how that can improve the experience for advisors? Yeah, look, that's a really good question, <laughs> how it improves the advisor's experiences ultimately. So microservices is a way of designing software to be more componentized, right? It's like instead of being monolithic and kind of like one big blob of code, you break it down into more distinct features that in their own right can be managed in a more timely and uh, quicker turnaround times to make changes. It's probably the biggest impact that I see from microservices. Now, what does that mean for an advisor, um, an investor? Directly, not much. I don't see how an advisor really gains from that. Have you ever looked at a microservice, what it looks like? It's software code. No, I haven't actually. It's, it's programming language. I don't know too many advisors that are programmers. I'm sure there yeah. are some, but there's not that many. Um, yeah. So directly, I think that's not what the benefit is of a microservice. The benefit is mm-hmm. that there will be faster turnaround time in deployment the faster turnaround time to make changes, that's the real benefit. So can a, an advisor personally make use of that? Uh, I'm yet to see examples of it, but can they see a difference in what can be done in the same time? I think they will. So that's okay. the difference really. So, I mean, it's a bit like saying, you know, you buy a sports car and what kind of oil you put in it has a difference. In performance, well, maybe, maybe it's so minuscule, it's not. I, I, it, it's the it's the sum of the parts that makes the difference, not just the one on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it seems like there's a few kind of key themes arising talking about platform technology. So, a more digital sort of experience, mm. more flexible one. Yeah. Um, is there any other sort of more personalized? Personalized, yeah, yeah. 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 These are really um, important things. Because that's, that's okay. really the, the nirvana of making sure that you engage with another party that is appropriate for that person's needs or that individual's needs mm-hmm. at, in a timely way. And that, I think, is a growing trend amongst our clients about what they're looking to do and how they can capitalise. So there's a lot of investment going on in improving the digital experience, improving the communication and the way that they engage with the investor, the advisors, employers, all those in the value chain, all those that are involved in um, in helping investors to manage their wealth, and in most cases managing their retirement, is what it's really been focused on. And there's something um, else I wanted to chat about. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I attended um, an event organised by the Financial Technology Research Centre, FTRC, and the 
um, the director, Ian McKenna, um, said that platform, platforms were, and I quote, walking into oblivion um, if they did not innovate. And he said that the sort of biggest challenges, um, the biggest threats coming to the platform world was were going to be um, kind of tech giants like Apple and Amazon, and they're making sort of inroads into financial services. Yeah. What is your take on that? Do you think that you'll be displaced, that you'll be taken out of this market by by Apple, is that if you look at all the fintechs, I was looking at a report this morning where the investment is going into where fintech startups and those organisations like Apple and AWS, it's in payments. Payments, foreign currency, are the biggest. Yeah, that really displaces banks, to be honest, because they were traditionally the keepers of those. And Visa, Mastercard, um, have market dominance in network uh, payment systems, which you know has been questioned about the monopolistic nature of that. But the truth is they own the network. They, they really do. They've invested it over a long period of time and it's a very, very strong business model that they have. Yeah. Huge amounts of money has gone into that space in comparison to like what, what I'd call portfolio management or platform space. It's just non-comparable. Um, and why is that? Because it's only a small segment of the overall market. Now, it's not to say that Apple, Google, Microsoft, would encroach on some aspects of what a platform does. I'm yet to see interest that they would take on the entire spectrum. They may actually enter more into the financial planning space, what I'd call right. advisor desktop, um, because there are some similarities or there are some features that potentially can be used by the mass market, the consumer market, right? Like mm-hmm. self-directed investment type of modeling, et cetera. But I doubt it will happen in the back office, uh, what I'd call more the platform operate. I, I, I don't see that happening, not not immediately. Um, but right. then again, Mr. McKenna... Is that something to consider own. maybe for the longer term, something to sort of keep an eye on? Oh, of course. It it can change, definitely. Um, oh, it definitely can change. But right now, I I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I, and we, we do keep... We do, I didn't go to that particular uh, event that you went to and I don't know if there was particular examples cited but I haven't seen anything yeah. um, I guess the example cited was that Amazon launched an insurance comparison yeah. Um, yeah. tool comparison yeah. yeah 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 so that's comparison. obviously that's different that's kind of the you know it's uh yeah. it's not fully being in that space just having just one toe in that space right. i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, insurance comparison yeah. is a, you know it'd be, it's like mortgage comparison or credit card comp- we do those actually we, we've got comparison tools right. Well, right so that that's commodity at the end of the day it's not that hard you can extract that information on those but operating an insurance platform that's different that's completely yeah. different so doing a comparison, which is what you know, browsing through the, the, the terms and features of a policy versus another one versus another one, you can do that. You can you can extract that information and do a comparison using basically automated uh, scripting or tools that can do that for you. But operating, I mean, I was with a, I was with one of our uh, I, was, I was with a CEO of a life insurance company today, actually, talking about the technology they use. It was built in 1985, and it's still serving. The group very well. This is a very large Swiss insurer, and their biggest market is personal life insurance. So right. you know, it, it's very sticky business. It's a very specialized software, and um, yeah, it's you know forty years on, it still operates. So because uh, that market doesn't change that much, <laughs> he said to me, right. so it's pretty much the same. 
It's just making sure you've got the right features, the right price point, um, covering the right type of clientele, and it's it's good. You know, it's good for them. So, mm. Right, I yeah. see. So there's certain areas where innovation is not really the sort of name of the game. It's more sort of about. Oh, I, I think innovation is. No, no, sorry, I, I don't mean that. I think innovation is always important. Right. Um, and it's always good to implement. The question is, where does it have the best value return mm-hmm. for the market? The market could be the consumer, it could be the advisor, it could be an employer. Who is it? So it, it depends. It depends on what problem you're trying to solve and what new technology allows you to solve it more efficiently. Right, right. Yeah? I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and my sort of final question, which is quite quite broad, um, what questions do you think advisors should ask of their tech providers? Right, that that's a really good. That, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know that some financial advisors I've met are always interested to understand, you know, has your technology had any breaches of any sort, cyber, yeah. cyber breach, security breach of any sort, and what are you doing to fix it, or what did you have to do, or how extensive was it? I think that's always a question mark they have. Now, look, there's a whole. I should first by I should start by saying there's obviously what are the features of the platform, what can it do, and how can it give my business a better outcome for my my customers. That's probably the first thing. But apart from that, yeah. on the technology side, purely technology, they're going to probably focus on on. They should focus on security issues. They mm-hmm. should focus on. What is your upgrade? What's your plan for new features in, in the future? What's coming? Yeah. And what's your investment profile look like over the coming years so that I can have some assurance? Ultimately, they can have assurance that that platform is going to keep up with what's happening in the marketplace and that there is a budget there for innovation, continuous improvement, and making their user experience of that platform better for themselves and better for their, their clients. It's mm-hmm. more focused around that. You know, how how is how are you managing the long term aspects of the platform from a technology perspective? All the other questions about platform features, etc. I'd imagine that's boilerplate, stock standard that suits their right. needs. Unless they have a particular type of client that's has a special need, then I think those questions are pretty much standard. Right, right. Yeah. So some tech providers might get some emails from listeners with those exact bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe. But, maybe, no, maybe. Well, maybe. I, I mean, you know, I mean, our clients are very interested in that. That's probably the most important long-term thinking issue they have is, but what are you doing long-term? How are you investing? What What will we see for it? And we've been investing substantially now for the last four or five years to change the entire platform into a microservices architecture, which is now just about finished. We're doing a delivery next month, and that will mm-hmm. see the, the, the system ready to be consumed by the clients. We've been doing phased upgrades, and it's now coming mm-hmm. to an end. That cycle's now finishing. So now the clients, our clients have to consume it and put it into production and make good use of it. Right. Sounds great. Well, yeah. Rob, thanks so much for um, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, so if you'd like to get us uh, get in touch with us about this episode, we're on Twitter at New Model Advisor, or you can get in touch with me directly. I'm cmelly, M-E-L-E-Y, at citywire.co.uk. Um, Rob, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Australia, and um, we'll see you next week. 
From jet engines to space rockets, telephones to computers, the world has seen spectacular change in the last hundred years, and the pace of progress is getting faster and faster. From electric cars to the metaverse, drone deliveries to climate solutions and genetic sequencing, we're investing in the companies that are not just changing the world today, but are also shaping the future. The Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust, managed by Bailey Gifford. Invest in progress. Capital at risk.